talk dirty to me. The Quick and the Dirty with Hillary and Sandra. You're kidding me. Here are things that I have put in my mouth. Uh, oh my God, Hillary. <laughs> it's what everyone is talking about. Get jazzy on. I'm Hillary from London. And I'm Sandra from Ottawa. And welcome to the Quick and the Dirty podcast. We like to talk about things that you talk about with your friends, and we also love to have some great guests here on the podcast, but today we've got so much to catch up on that it's just going to be Sandra and I chewing the fat. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about today, um, and I honestly don't know where to start because uh, in terms of issues, you and I have so many. Right. These are like everyday <laughs> issues that a lot of people deal with, but our personalities make us take them to an extreme, I think. Right. You know what? I feel like we should call this episode Troll Magnet. <laughs> Troll Magnet? Okay. Yeah. What is that about? What happened? Um, you know, actually, that's not fair when I talk about this first story, but I do call myself a troll magnet because I'm just, I have a gift at attracting all the wrong people. But aside from that, something weird happened to me the other night when I was at an event. And I think everyone can relate to it because we've all said something instantly that's like shot out of our mouth that we've regretted. And um, so did you say something you regret? Shockingly, no. (laughs) I know you would think it was me. It wasn't me. I was at an event. I was dressed up. I was hosting said event. And a young, wonderful woman comes up to me and she seemed generally enamored with me. And it was really, it really warmed my heart. I felt really great for about two seconds. Well, because you like to feel loved and adored. Who doesn't want the attention? I love attention. So she comes up to me. She's like, I've been listening to you for years. I love you. I think you're great, but you are not at all what I expected. So I make a joke and I say to her, well, you know, you. it's funny because when people meet me, they think I'm blonde. And that's the truth. That is the general thing I hear. And she goes, no, I thought you'd be more like a supermodel. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I said. I was like, ooh, girl, that one burns. So I said her friend was standing next to her and I looked at her friend. I said, do you think she's going to be able to get out of this one? And her friend looked at me. She's like, "Ah, no, 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 no. She's done. And I looked at her and I looked at her friend. I'm like, I don't. So did you have to make an awkward exit? Well, what happened is that I was going to kid around with her for a while and then I was going to let her off the hook saying, obviously, that's not what you meant because she was trying. She started to stammer, you know, like. And then (laughs) been there. Yep. Been there. Mm -hmm. So at that very moment, the organizer of the the event called me and I had to do some announcements on stage and I never did see her again that night. So it looked like you exited mad. It probably did that we never reconnected and she was never able to sort of (laughs) explain herself. So the next day at work, this sweet, sweet girl sends me a text. She said she felt so badly about it. She sent a text on the station texting line. And and said, hi, we met last night. I said this thing. That's not how I meant it. This is how I meant it. Now, I I would like to call BS on this. This is how I meant it, because that doesn't make sense either. Right. Can you read me the text message? I want to know exactly what she said. (laughs) I don't have it in front of me, but I can give you the Coles notes. Okay. Okay. It basically said, I'm so sorry because you misunderstood what I meant. What I meant was on the air, you seem so powerful. But when I met you, you seem so approachable. And she regrets using the word supermodel, but I don't know why she would use that word if if she would. Now, how did you internalize it? I, you know what? I, I wasn't overly hurt by it because I've been in this business for so long and I see the look of disappointment in people's faces when they see me. And that's not a slight against me. That's, <laughs> but, or maybe it is, maybe it is, but it's more of a slight about how you 
envision someone. And then, you know, when you see them in person, it's like, oh, that's totally not what I thought they would be. And it's not doesn't make me less. I get that. It's just not what they pictured. I, I, I understand that that's what it is, not necessarily that they're disappointed. But, you know, usually it's that I'm blonde or I'm shorter or I'm thinner, I, whatever it is. Very few people have said, you're exactly what I pictured you to be. Like, do you, right, do, because yeah. I think we picture people to look like our friends or people that we want to be when we admire them. Absolutely. It's, it's more about our own hangups than anybody else's. Well, and obviously on the air, I present myself like the queen bee that I am. And she just thought I would look like that. And I, in my mind, I do. <laughs> but I guess in a 22 year old's mind, because <laughs> she was young. Oh, man. A 22 year old's mind, she was looking for Kim Kardashian, you know? So and right. I wanted to say to her, girl, it's all relative. It really is. If you were 42 years old, you wouldn't have been disappointed by me. But a 22 year old's like, oh, God. Oh, great. Like, you're you're my looking mom. good. Well, I mean, I, I, I felt okay that night. My smoky eye was on point, um, but uh, <laughs> I, I didn't walk away feeling bad about myself. I actually walked away feeling bad for her because I know she didn't. I know she didn't mean to upset me. And then when she sent the text, I felt even. I thought, what a classy thing to do. You really didn't have to because I forgotten about it. Right, and we've all been in that situation where something comes out of your mouth and it didn't sound the way it did in your head. Right, and when she started to stammer, like tried to save it, that's when I knew she totally didn't mean it the way. It came out so it was it was fine you know but again i i also understand and you do too sometimes we're just a disappointment <laughs> when for like <laughs> a, a split second did you yeah. want to cut a bee <laughs> uh maybe like be yeah maybe just for a split second i mean uh, you know like, you wanted to do one of those what <laughs> but you were on work time so you're like i can't i, I have to be think. kind the best was the look on her friend's face who was watching it in disbelief going, oh, my God, where's this going to go? This is this. And we were saved by the bell when I was, in, you know, I was called to go back on the stage. Right. Saved by the bell. But because I you needed I something. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I let her off the hook, though. It was uh, it was totally fine. But you've had those encounters with listeners before. I'm, I mean, we all have in this oh, business. Yeah. And even this weekend, it wasn't with a listener. It was actually with a friend of mine. I'm kind of concerned that I may have said a thing or two. Uh, that I'm going to regret later. Real? How unlike you. <laughs> I had to break up with a friend on the weekend. Oh, that's a tough one. And it's oh. a friend that I've had since before I lived in London. I knew her in Sudbury uh, probably five years ago. We've known each other for about that long, five or six years. And when I moved to London, she was my only friend here. And I care very deeply about her. And we've gone through a lot of stuff together. But slowly over the past year or two I've realized that I'm not getting anything from this friendship anymore and it's completely feeling like a give give and it's undermining it's toxic so what did you say well she said something really rude we were we had gone through a bit of a bump maybe a month ago she's been going through a, a tough time with uh with a relationship and so struggling with her her own sort of place and maybe a little sensitive and she bit at me a little while ago and I repaired things and sucked it up and then we were at a bar and a couple of glasses of wine in and she made some comment about how of all her friends she always knows she'll get an argument from me like we were talking about something kind of sensitive okay and it was a biting remark it hurt me um, it it really bothered me because I think it's okay to have your own opinion and not agree with somebody, but I'm not rude about it. 
And so I literally, I was drunk enough to know I needed to walk out before I said anything I really regretted. And I sent a text saying, I'm done. You have some of my stuff. I'll pick it up, but I can't do this anymore. That was it? That was it. Did she respond? Uh, She did. She said that it was a remark made out of emotion and that, of course, I can pick up my stuff. Did she apologize? Nope, not really. So what's your sense that she is happy to end the friendship? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Uh, Well, listen, what you're saying is so relatable because as women, we've all been in that situation where we've ended friendships or things sort of petered out. But to actually declare that you're done, that's a tough one. Well, because I know, like, I've gone back several times. But are you, did you, because she said, you know, you said things in, you know, out of emotion, in raw emotion. Did you act emotionally or are you done? Did, because it's it sort of been leading this direction. I think I'm done. Because I've had other moments where I've thought about it. So where's the guilt? And I don't want it to end badly. Like, I, I, I don't want to be angry. I don't want to have bad feelings. I just can't keep investing. So what's your bad feeling? The way you did it? Yeah, a little bit. Like, I wish I had been classier not to do it by text. But it was one of those things where I, I don't have a lot of guts. I, I don't like conflict. <laughs> okay. I can disagree with somebody on an issue or on um, an opinion. But I don't like conflict where it becomes personal at all. I, yeah, it's tough, especially when they're a close friend and you're always butting heads and it's like, nah, why is this friendship so difficult? Friendship shouldn't be difficult. Well, yeah, and it's also just everything happens on her terms. And fair enough, she's got some stuff going on in her life that makes getting together more difficult. Um, but I, I think that you and I know it's it. we lead busy lives and everything's on her terms. And because she has told me that she needs to be selfish at this point in her life, and that's fine. But you can only give so much. Friendships are give and take. And you can only give so much before you feel like you're not getting anything out of that friendship. I'm not getting any support um, and clearly not any understanding after that rude remark. Yeah. It sounds like you did like it sounds like you did the right thing for you, but you just feel guilty because you've got a history with her. Well, yeah, because it, this is a friend. When you've invested several years, they become family. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm close with their family. And I don't know. Yikes. It's, it's a tough one. Okay. Can I just uh, introduce you to something called the Sandra Plagakis phase out? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, as someone who's been around slightly longer than you on the planet, um, we've actually talked about this a couple of weeks ago, how, you know, everybody in my life, I want in my life and I have cut the fat. Cutting the fat is not an easy thing to do. And um, I have, I actually, it's not quite perfected yet because there's always bad feelings with the Sandra Plagakis phase out. But the Sandra Plagakis phase out is not a ghosting. (laughs) But it's somewhere between a ghosting and what you did. Right. So a declaration will never be made. This friendship is over because when you do that, that makes it weird the next time you see them. Right. And that's like, are we enemies? We're going to we're going to stop. We're going to unfollow each other on Facebook. And we all know that's very, very childish. Yeah. Like I haven't unfollowed or removed any pictures. It's not like a, a bad breakup. It, well, but it could lead to that. You know what I mean? So the Sandra Plagakis phase out is very simply this. You send me a text and I don't want you in my life. Normally, I would respond pretty quickly, right? If we're besties or, you know. Right, right, right. 
So the Santa Flagag's phase out is, is I wait a day to respond to your text. Okay. The next time <laughs> you send me a text, I wait two days. The next time you send me a text, I, it'll take me three days. The next time you ask me out, I can't make it. The next time you send me a text, four days. The next time you leave me a voicemail, I'll get back to you next. I'll get back to them next week. It's a process, Hillary. It takes about three <laughs> months to achieve the Sandra Plagakis phase out. This seems like uh, a lot of work. Yes. For the same emotional problem. But it isn't in me- because here's here's why it's successful. Because normally with the Santa Flagakis phase out, by the end of it, <laughs> is this copywritten? By the way, I w- I'm gonna maybe I'll, I'll I'll do that. <laughs> but for anyone listening right now, when you ghost somebody, that's a mean thing to do to anybody. Ghosting is not the answer. Ignoring somebody, it's it's a terrible thing to do with someone you've had a relationship with. You can do better in life. So by by still remain giving them a little bit of contact, what you're what are you telling them? Uh, you know, I still care about you, but not enough to get back to you right away. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm too busy for you. I'm too busy for you. Ultimately, a normal person will get the hint and say, eh, they're not into me anymore. I get it. And then you move on. You just you just sort of move on. And you can still, this way, you're not enemies, and if you see them, you're always happy to see them, but you just, what you're trying to do is get them from the first tier, maybe to the second or the third. This is just a downsizing of the friendship. I have a question. Yes. How many close friends can you maintain? Uh, I have a friend up north who says she has room for eight close friends. Oh, girl, no. No, no, no. She's No, she's got to rework that system. That's not right. You need, uh, on it for me, I can't manage more than, I call them ones. I have a one, two, three uh, tier system for friends. Right. So the ones are my besties. Right. Uh, the twos are the people who still know some of my secrets and I would travel with. And right. I, you know, I know them, you know. I feel like, although I consider you a bestie, I'm tier two because I don't take a lot of your time. Uh, or my shit. <laughs> Fair. I don't have to clean drunk Sandra up off the floor. Right. That's true. Uh, that's but I right. feel like if we were in the same city, I would be tier one. You'd be you'd be tier one emotionally for sure. And then tier three people are the people that you, you see occasionally. You still have a lot of affection for, but you don't. They don't know your personal stuff, but you still see them and you're happy to see them. You know what right. I mean? So you wanted to move this friend from a one to a three, basically, or a two and a half. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So when you saw her, it could be like, oh, how you doing? Great to see you. Got to go. Right. But I don't want to have to make plans anymore or change anything in my life for you. Had you done this phase out properly, perhaps you could have (laughs) gone there and then she would have taken the hit and said, "Ah, you know what? Maybe we'll catch up later in life. Now we're, we're taking a break, but now you're not taking a break. You've put a hard stop on the friendship. And that's where I, I, I like to leave, leave my options open. <laughs> right. But sometimes you have to cold turkey it because I've gone back and forth between the phases several times and I can't do it anymore. Here's, because yeah. you forget. Like it, it's like love. When you haven't spent a lot of time with a friend and then you get back together, you go for a drink or a coffee and it's like no time has passed because we have that closeness, right? Sure. We're like family and you're so happy to see them. But then just like your mother, they say something rude, then they know how to get right to that spot that just breaks your heart and you're like, nope, I got to cut it clean. Here's the fatal flaw. You don't go for coffee. 
with a number three person, a third tier yeah, person. You forget, though. Like the bitterness fades and then you forget that they're tier three and you're like, oh, I really miss that person. <laughs> well, that's where, OK, that's where I got to work on this phasing then, because that's obviously a crack in the whole thing. You've got to be you've got to be clear in your mind that you really don't want to do coffee anymore with them. That's not you have to you have to forget that part. Cut them loose emotionally. That's hard to do. Yet you still don't want to. You don't want a confrontation is what you're really doing is avoiding. <laughs> you're avoiding a very ugly confrontation, but you're invo- also avoiding a break because the next time you see them, it would be awkward and weird. And then, you know, it shouldn't be like right. that. It should be, oh, great. So, so nice to see you again. And then you can keep walking and nobody feels bad. And you, in your brain, you could say, ah, you know what? It's just that friendship petered out. I think I need to start looking to you as my role model in the Sandra Plagakis phase out it's not perfect. Feelings Copy have been written, hurt. Yes. Patent pending. F- funny you should say role model because <laughs> uh, that brings me to uh, my next issue. One of many. Oh, uh, issue number three. I feel like I need a dinger. Ding. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. What I, is issue number three? Uh, role mo- Me being a role model. Cue the laughter. <laughs> oh, is that my cat? <laughs> How did my There's email... our role model for getting to turn her email off. How did my email notify her at the exact right time? <laughs> That's okay. magical. So who are you a role model to other than me in this phase out thing? <laughs> um, the other day on Facebook, a coworker of mine who I have a lot of affection for, she... Um, tagged a really lovely she she put a really nice video of Jimmy Fallon uh, paying tribute to Tina Fey as one of his role models and she put I'd like to tag my role model Sandra Plagakis and I saw that and I went girl I mean that was really touching to me you were touched like I was touched and then that my first instinct was I'm touched that you even think of me that way and then I then I was mortified because role model means old B (laughs) It means you think it means you're old. I know it means I'm old. I'm nobody's role model. Why does it mean you're old? How old is this girl who tagged you as a role model? Uh, Early 30s. Early 30s. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're not really role model material. Like, you're not that far apart in age, but how long has she been in the biz? Like, you've been in it for a long time. Yeah. Well, I'm an old beast. So, yes, (laughs) I've been in it 24 years this month. And how long has she been in Probably a decade. Okay. So well, I, I feel, here's what I think. She could probably do better. <laughs> you know, I, I look at the way I behave in my life and I think, how am I a role, like, how am I a role model? If I was new to any workplace with the way that I behave and the way that I swear and the terrible things that I say and the, the observations that I make... F this, F that, come on, you know, like it's aggressive. I would be an HR nightmare. How did would anybody want to behave like me? I only behave I think like, you are an HR nightmare. They just overlook it because well it's you like can't your old teach an uncle. old dog. That's right. <laughs> you, can't like, treat, yeah. you can't teach an old bee new tricks. You really can't. It's like your old Uncle Jim who gets drunk every year at the Christmas party or whatever. And inappropriate. And you're just like, yeah, yes, that's that's Uncle Jim. whatever. So I feel like I'm old Uncle Jim now at the workplace they're like just leave her alone she's high may just she's a she's a piece of work you know you've always wanted to be admired you want to be like adored yeah adored adored. admired all those things and now this woman wants to grow up and be like you i know but i like her so much i feel like she can do better (laughs) 
<laughs> it is I mean, hard. It's nice. But now when someone says you're a role model and then makes it like social media official, you now I'm like, wow, there's a, I have a great responsibility. I have to come in every day and act accordingly. I have to I, I hope I support my fellow uh, females in this environment. I think I'm doing a decent job at that. Well, yeah, but what's the difference between a role model and a mentor? Because you've mentored people before. Well, my, I mean, I don't know if I'm a good one, but uh, yeah, okay, I've mentored people before. Um, I don't know what a, a role model is. For me, I guess it's somebody that you can emulate. You, It's more than work. It's like as a person, I think. You, like a role model is all encompassing. My role models are people that I think are fearless. People who... Well, you don't seem to fear HR, so you're up. I, but I don't. I, I, I'm not fearless. I fear a lot of things. I fear many, many things, and I'm fear. I'm fearless in some things, but not all things. I'm just saying, as a role model, I need to step up my game now. And now I'm um, really cognizant of this huge responsibility on my shoulders. So I'm going to come in every day and act. <laughs> like the role model that I am. Right. And yeah. really make sure that smoky eye is on point. <laughs> I just I don't even know how to act as a role model. Do I walk different? Do I am I formal, more formal with people? I don't want I don't want it to um cut away at the the you know the core of my being. Are you gonna start to walk like a model? Of course I am. Like do a model like a supermodel that I'm not in and out of Painful. Is that what she means? I don't know what it is. All I'm saying is that when someone calls you a role model, you're you you you're like, man, I could do better in life. So I'm just going to try to pick up my game a little bit. You know bit. what? I I kind of understand what you're going through in a different sort of way. So I'm dating a guy uh, who has two young daughters. They are ten and eight. And over the weekend, we've been spending more time together, and we're getting closer. And over the weekend, I had to. Fix my very first boo-boo. I had to, I was hanging out with them. I actually accidentally made one of them injure themselves as well. <laughs> what, did you push the kid um, down the stairs? What did you no, do? I'm just, <laughs> that responsibility of ensuring or helping to ensure or being a part of two children growing up is terrifying because I'm afraid I'm going to mess them up because like you, I don't feel like a good person. There's some truth to that when we think that, though. That's the, the difference. But it is a big responsibility when you're responsible for not only someone's physical well-being, but their emotional well-being, like we are in any way equipped to handle that stuff. Right. And what scares me most is that they're not mine to mess up. Like, <laughs> they have two parents. And I think when they're your own kids, of course, you love them so much. And you have that in, internal love that you would do anything for them and you just want the best for them. And I think that there's something about being a parent because everyone just assumes that you love them that much. That if you mess them up, you can be like, oh, I tried. Like, I did my best. <laughs> That's right. Like, I love them the best I know how. But I, I'm not their parent. So am I doing it the best? When you give them advice and and as they get older especially as young women uh they young women would tend to gravitate towards other women especially mm-hmm. you because you're 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 very young too um thank you <laughs> I, I got you girl i got you uh, <laughs> so are you worried that what you the advice you give them is wouldn't be the advice their own mother would give them or their father would give them and that you're all of a sudden you're like your uncle jim no, I don't think I'm going to be Uncle Jim because I'm a pretty hardcore feminist. 
Right. So I, I think that my advice may be different than the advice from their father. But I don't think it, I'm not so much worried. Like, I'm very careful about what I say about, you know, body issues or any stuff to do with being a girl and making sure that you're treated as an equal. Um, I just I'm so worried that I may say something. OK, take this, for example. We were at the park. And the youngest, youngest, I don't use their name on the podcast or on my radio show because uh, my partner works in social work and he's around some unsavory people sometimes. So I like to protect their identity. So call them kid one and kid two, like I call my kids. Well, the youngest, we were at the park and she's super rough and tumble, reminds me of myself. She dumps a pile of sand on a, a stump at a playground and then sits in it. And I say to her, hey, hey, uh, you know what? Maybe don't be silly or I think I called her a dummy. I said, don't be a dummy and sit in sand. You're smarter than this. And she was so upset that I called her a dummy. Like, these are the things that I'm going to say wrong. Right. Yeah. There's no way to predict sometimes when you say the wrong word. And so now you're worried that she's going to hang on to the word dummy and and then say, Hillary thinks I'm well, a dummy. she did hang on to it. She said, Daddy, Hillary called me a dummy. <laughs> Great. Good. Good. That's what you need. Uh, so then what did Daddy say? Did it start something? He, he didn't say anything. I said, for the record, I called you a dummy because you sat in sand, not because you're not smart, because you're smarter than that. <laughs> Right. Uh, and then you're thinking to yourself, every time you correct them yes. or whatever, the language has to be just right. Just right. So, yeah, if an idiot isn't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I feel so terrible about little things like that. And then later on in the day, we're at this park and there are these monkey bars. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, just, you know, uh, she was just a little bit too short. And she was scared. So I said, well, just jump and grab on and you'll be fine. And she jumped and grabbed on. She biffed her, banged her knee up, and she's crying. And I've encouraged this kid to take a risk and hurt themselves. (laughs) I am terrible at this. Like, I am a terrible role model. Just because it ended badly for her in this instance doesn't mean, listen, you you did the right thing. You encouraged her to take a chance. Otherwise, had you gone the other way and said, oh, don't risk it, don't risk it. Just imagine what kind of kid she'd grow up to be. I think you did the right thing. I really do. Honestly, I think that more kids need to learn that when they fall, it hurts. Like, that's something that lots of bubble wrapped kids don't learn anymore. That's right. But I felt so bad. Like, she's crying and her dad's over playing basketball and he looks at me like, what did you do? <laughs> Breaking kids one at a time. <laughs> but, oh, you know, she it, didn't go run to him with the boo-boo. She ran to me. So she that ran was really to you. Um, on another note, I think that you should give yourself more credit for being a role model because we're we're uh, OK, let's just get right to it. My son Olson thinks you're the greatest. What? True story. Yeah. And you know, what's weird. Um, I say this and I'm going to choose my words very carefully because he's now listening to all the back episodes of the podcast. It's like his new thing. He's like, Mom, I'm listening to all your podcasts. I'm like, oh, God, great. I was counting on you not listening to them. Uh, <laughs> I count on most people I know not listening to them because I'm sure like my friend who I broke up with is probably going to listen to this. Oh, God. Well, the truth hurts sometimes. <laughs> um, God, that was that was harsh, wasn't it? <laughs> See, got to choose our words a little wiser than that. So Olson has been asking me about you. And, you know, I try to be as um, kind as I can be. (laughs) You be. But he thinks he thinks you're like great. He's like, can I can I meet Hillary the next time she comes to Ottawa? I'm like, yeah, sure. Can we call her and like talk to her? I'm like, "Uh, 
<laughs> sure. I actually texted you the other day and I'm like, why do you love Hillary? And he's like, I just like your nose ring. And he just he just enjoys the podcast. He enjoys you. So Aww, he thinks that's that, so sweet. Yeah. But when he meets you and, you know, he'll be disappointed. What? He'll say, I thought you were a supermodel. No, I'll just <laughs> You'll just you'll you'll just say something to off, be off putting to him, you know what I mean? Right. Like you do with all the other children. Or so, dance. That basically kills it for all people. Right. So you have you he thinks you're the greatest, so you can do no wrong in his That's eyes. That's so sweet. Do you ever wonder what other people think about you? I really want to interview Olson about his thoughts on his mom. That's <laughs> a hard no for me. <laughs> I know what he thinks about me. I know he thinks I'm the greatest, but I'm a pain. He tells me what a pain I am all the time. And I'm like, that means I'm a great mom. If right. you thought I because was great, it's your yeah. job to be a pain in the butt. Uh, my job is to be difficult or the, the classic word used to describe me is annoying. My, okay. Yeah. My 14 year old actually does an impression of me. I, and it's horrible. <laughs> He just and re- by that you mean spot on, right? <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> Johnny, come to dinner. Like, <laughs> it's very irritating. But yeah, they call me annoying. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I, okay, what if I don't want to hear what Olsen has to say about me? <laughs> Too bad. So sad. That's it. Well, if you interview Olsen, then I'm going to have to interview someone in your life. Yes. Uh, I dare you to interview my mom. I don't know who, who that'll be more torture for, you or me. <laughs> I've, we've spoken to your mom before on the podcast. I know, she was delightful. but without me, it would be hilarious. Uh, uh, do you think she would be um, brutally honest or she would try to be kind? I don't know. That's don't scary. Know. That is, that's terrifying when you don't know where it's going to go with Olsen. I don't know where it would go either. I feel like he would lie just to entertain you, though. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> at, least I, at least I hope he wouldn't tell you the truth because the truth might hurt me too much. Sandra, I have a question for you. This is uh, the airing of my final grievance. Yes. Uh, how is your husband, Tim, at buying gifts? Uh, over time, he has, uh, he actually, I would say pretty good right now. He's quite thoughtful, but he wasn't initially. So I would say he's, he's great. Well, maybe Tim and my boyfriend need to get together and talk about gift giving because I, it wasn't so much the gift that I got this weekend, but the buildup surrounding the gift Ooh. that blew my mind. So on Thursday, I get a text from Chris and it says, oh my gosh, I just got us an awesome gift, but you have to wait to see it because I wasn't going to see him until Saturday. So of course, the 20 questions starts, right? Of course. So I, just, I want I just, to know what this is. I, I'm not a patient person. I love surprises, <laughs> but I want to know what the surprise is right bloody now. But he said us. Right. Okay. So then I start sending the questions. Is it something for the bedroom? Because <laughs> he seems so excited. Right. Like, nope. No. Nope. Not for the bedroom. Then it was, a, is it something for the basement? Because he's uh, renovating his basement. Nope. Not for the basement. I was like, Can, does it have a function? Yes. And we're going through all these 20 questions. I come into work. I talk to my co-host for my daily radio show here in London. And I say, hey, my boyfriend said he got us a gift. And I'm not allowed to know what it is until a weekend. What do you think it is? And of course, he's planting the seeds. Maybe it's an engagement ring. (gasps) Oh, God. Okay. In your mind, because that's where I was going with this, too. Is that what you thought? Not really. Like, I know him well enough that he wouldn't do that. But he starts planting the seeds, and then he's like, maybe it's a hot tub. 
maybe it's a vacation because he likes to surprise me with travel once in a while or concert tickets. We love to go see music. So I'm sending all these things back to him. Is it is it music related? No, it's not. Is it, uh, you know, am I going to like it? Is it warm? Is it cold? All these things. And I'm super excited. Finally, I figure out, he says, I'm standing beside it in the kitchen. Oh. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and then weird. he's like, you'll use it more than I will. I'm like, oh, oh. okay. So that's I was weird. like, oh, did you buy me a new coffee maker? Because I have a crummy French press right now. No, it's <laughs> oh, not you, that. You poor thing. <laughs> For my French Finally, press. <laughs> I guess it down. Sandra, you're not going to believe what this thing is. Can I, uh, please don't tell me it's a chair or like a glass. No, not even close. What is it? What did we learn? What What do guys need to learn 101 what never to buy as a gift? Uh, never buy an appliance. Never buy. No. He bought an instant pot. Oh, for God's sake. Are you kidding me? And he, he tried to sell this as he a gift for He tried to us? delay gratification an instant pot. Oh, my God. And then <sighs> I start thinking back on all the clues that he gave. And I get really mad because that last clue, you'll use it more than I will. <laughs> it's like basically telling me you're cooking the meals for the rest of our lives. Um, so <laughs> how? Because I'm just I'm just thinking about how, what is wrong with him and it, did he survive the night? Because you know what? That's a classic overselling. And guys, do oversell, don't, underdeliver, big time. Everybody knows you undersell, overdeliver. That is that's it. Keep your expectations low, but he built them up to over an instant pot. <laughs> It's a freaking pressure cooker, dude. I was really upset. Really upset. Well, not. I was, you know, mildly annoyed. When you did you wait, you figured this out before you actually saw it. Oh, yeah. And then what did you say? He was just like making fun of me because it took so long. And I was like, oh. I thought it was something good. (laughs) But to be fair, I had said I wanted one, but that's not like a gift. No. 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 I mean, mean, at least it wasn't for any particular occasion. Anyway, I was kind of ticked off and like disappointed. I wasn't upset. I wasn't mad or anything, but I was disappointed because, you know. It's an instant pot. (laughs) It's like an instant pot. And then he sends me an article that saved it all. It said, how to make wine in an instant pot. (laughs) (laughs) That's a thing. You can make wine in an instant pot. Okay, well, forgive it. He saved the day. You can legit make wine out of Welch's grape juice. No joke. Uh, what? Okay, well, I'd still drink it. It's it probably is the akin to boxed wine, but so be it. <laughs> Whatever. If the alcohol percentage is right, we can make it work. Well, with that instant pot, you can boil it down. It'll be like forty <laughs> percent. How long does it take to boil down? By the way, everything it so takes fast. like forty eight hours to cook it. So but... it's not that instant. No, also disappointed in that. <laughs> That's a lot of planning for wine when the LCBO is down the road, right? But, I... <laughs> but still, uh, so did did he really understand how disappointed you were? Like, does no, he get that? I never would. He's a sweet guy, and I, you know what? I applaud him. I'm just kind of joking because I applaud him. He's very good at listening when I say, oh, that's kind of cool. Or like early on in our relationship, he doesn't do this stuff anymore because let's all be honest, after about six months, wooing ends. Um, But early on in our relationship, he had left. I had mentioned that I wanted to get this vinyl record of this band that I love called Alabama Shakes. And I love that band. He had left the record in my living room, which I rarely ever go into because he didn't know that at the time because he didn't know me very well. 
but uh, he had left it in my living room, and it Aww. took me three weeks to find it. <laughs> <laughs> so we just thought you weren't saying thank you? Yeah. <laughs> you were rude? <laughs> and then I finally found it, and he was like, Jeez, took you long enough. What, do you live in a man, the left, the West Wing or something? That's <laughs> no, a, I just... I had a 22-inch television. Why would I sit in my living room? <laughs> oh, that is Except really to make sweet. out on the couch. That like, is very really sweet. And by, but, by the way, for the record, I actually asked for an instant pot for Christmas, and I didn't get one. What? So that was my disappointment. Uh, are you really all that disappointed? I kind of wanted one, but uh, no, Tim, 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 actually, he come, he's, he spoils me, in fact, to the point that he makes me mad because I feel like he spends too much money on me. Well, I'm like, you deserve it. You're like no, but I, the Greek Beyonce. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I am. Like, it's, I well, am the Greek Beyonce. I, I don't live in your town, but I'm pretty sure someone follows you around with a fan. <laughs> well, you and I both know I have a machine for that. Let's be honest. I, that's so funny that you'd make the Beyonce reference because I've always said that I know I've arrived when I finally have my own wind machine. It's all I ever wanted in my life was just to be somewhere and have the wind on me. And just work my hair. I have. I know how to do the crazy and love mood move too. You know the one. Yeah, where she let's works not do that. Down. Maybe when we're together in a couple of weeks I'm in doing Toronto. It, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, never oversell, under deliver on a gift. Uh, and we'll leave it right there. <laughs> yeah, that's my, the conclusion of today's Ooh, podcast. That was exhausting. I don't smoke, but I feel like I should start after today's uh, podcast. Taylor, I love you. I love you, too. And uh, do we know what we're going to talk about next week? We're going to talk about your superiority complex. I know that. <laughs> My fascination with velvet ropes? Yes. Okay. And we'll leave it there because it's not the Fifty Shades kind. <laughs> Although that would also be an interesting podcast. Uh, that That's for the week after that. Perfect. <laughs> and don't forget to follow The Quick and the Dirty on social. Instagram, at Hillary on air, at Sandra Kiss 105.3. Twitter, at Hillary Welch, at Sandra Kiss 105.3. And Facebook, at Quick and Dirty Podcast. If you've got a question for us, you can email us at thequickandthedirty at gmail.com. 